I titled this message, Inheriting Salvation. Because I think well, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't think I know. There has been a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misconception on what salvation is and how to get it. Uh, back in the 50s and 60s, a man by the name of Billy Graham started this ideology, this doctrine, that if you prayed and asked Jesus in your heart, you were automatically saved. Mm -hmm. That is not how it works mm -hmm. at all. Um, we were warned in the scripture, which we're going to go into here in a second, but we were warned in the scripture about the false messiahs and false prophets coming on the scene. And Peter goes a little bit more in depth on the things that were going to come about towards the last days. Second uh, Peter chapter 2. We're going to read this real quick. <clears throat> Starting in verse 1. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily, and I looked up the, this word privily, which is not in the text. Why they added it, I don't know. But the Greek word here for privily is parasego. And it means to lead aside or lead astray. So there will be false teachers and false prophets who shall lead astray people into damnable heresies even denying the master that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Um, I want you to write down the word damnable heresies. Put, put one above the other because I'm going to show you what these words are in the Greek. But a damnable heresy will bring about a swift destruction. Swift, swift good. destruction, and many many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The way of truth shall be evil spoken of, which it is today. Damnable heresy is two Greek words under damnable. The Greek word is apolia, and it means perdition. Waste and loss of spirit. Hmm. Heresy is the Greek word heresis, and it means a disunion of doctrine. A who's he what? A disunion of doctrine. A sect or group that chooses to separate from sound doctrine. 
a sect or group that chooses to separate from sound doctrine. And the word sound simply means firm. So they're, they're teaching doctrines that cannot be proven. First John chapter 4. And as I was studying this this morning, I really wouldn't say studying because it was it was more me typing it out as he was speaking it because it was just I couldn't have put this together. There's no way. First John four verse one, beloved, believe not every spirit. But test the spirits whether they are of Yahweh, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby, in other words, from, from this point, know you the spirit of Yahweh. Every spirit that confesses that Yahshua Messiah is come in the flesh is of Yahweh. That is particular. Mm -hmm. That is pretty specific. Yeah, I was going to say that's very specific. The Greek word in verse 2, let me show you this real quick. Is in, for in, where it says he, um, Yahshua Messiah is come in the flesh, mm -hmm. is the Greek word en, which can be in or as. There are 38 times where it is, it is used as the word as instead of in. So this could be read. Every spirit that confesses that Yahshua Messiah is come as flesh is of Yahweh. Between 30 AD and 150 AD, there was a false doctrine taught by the Gnostics that the Messiah was God in the flesh mm -hmm. which we know, now know as the Trinity right. but because of the disputing, the fighting between the Gnostics and the disciples Constantine, it was it was basically turning Constantine's empire upside down. Well he did a lot of damage didn't Yes he, he did. So he created and it was him that created it but he created the Trinity Doctrine and the only way they could explain it was God is this person that we could never know. Because that's how deep and, and how, how, how do you put it? The, his ways were so mysterious and so much bigger than man, there was no way we could know it. It's, that is a cop-out. That is called a damnable heresy. And I'm going to show you that. Watch this. Every spirit that confesses not that Yahshua Messiah has come as flesh is not of Yahweh. This is that of Messiah, or anti-Messiah. Notice the word spirit is italicized. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not a spirit. That's plain and simple. This is that anti-Messiah. 
Anyone that preaches that Jesus was God in the flesh is an anti-Messiah. And I'm going to show you that. Whereof you have heard that it should come, even now already is it in the world. It was in the world as of 30 A.D. There, they have found books now, well, letters, dating back to 470 B.C. that taught the Trinity Doctrine. Really? It was all Gnostic and pagan. That's what we were taught in the Catholic school. Yep. Well, Constantine was the father of the Catholic Church. And I always sat there and thought, well, that doesn't make any sense nope, to me. it doesn't. I don't know why I, I, I was so much ahead when I was younger. For some reason, I was sitting there going, Okay, now wait a minute, that doesn't make sense to me. If God is that big, how could he put in, fit inside of a little body? And I'm sitting there going, okay, it can't be that, it's got to be the spirit. But if it's spirit, then your mind wouldn't be going crazy all the time. And you'd be getting along with people and everything. And I said, something's wrong here. I'm not getting all the information or something because no. I can't add it up. The mind is not even part of the spirit. So well, I was a kid. What did I yeah. know? But anyway, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. So anyway, going back to the war, the Gnostics and disciples were having a fit during Constantine's reign. So his job, his, his specific authority was to bring the bishops together, come up with some kind of an agreement where the Gnostics and the disciples could basically get along. That's when they, adopt, the, the, they adopted the Trinity doctrine from the pagans and then borrowed all the Hebrew scriptures from the disciples. And combine them together. Watch this. Well, I bet the disciples were happy. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. The word salvation, once you highlight this or write it down, is the Greek word soteria. And it means to rescue or bring one to moral safety. To rescue or bring one to moral safety. To restore one to perfect health. Now, if people are walking around claiming that they are saved, yet they're, they have a really low moral standard, or they're sick and and constantly getting the flu, constantly getting this, constantly getting that. That's an indicator they're not saved. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Soteria comes from another word, sozo, which I'm going to show you. The word sozo, S-O-Z-O, means delivered 
protected, preserved, to be made whole or healthy. And if you look it up, soteria, soteria has to come before sozo comes. So before you could ever be delivered, past tense, mm -hmm. before you could ever be delivered, you have to first be rescued and brought to a moral safety. It makes sense. Okay. 1 Corinthians 11. This was actually a question that was brought to Paul's attention, and he explains it very well in this letter. Um, because, like I said, as I was going through it, I'm, I'm sitting there and just just reading it, and I was like, whoa, that's completely different reading from what I was always told. But anyway, verse 23, For I have received of the Master that which I also delivered to you, that the Master Yahshua, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show Yahushua's death until he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Master unworthily, I want you to highlight the word unworthily. Yeah, I got it. Shall be guilty of the body and blood of the master. So they would be guilty of crucifying him. They would be guilty of crucifying him. Okay. No different than uh, Judas. Okay. Basically, they're betraying him. Now, I'm going to show you the word unworthily. Irreverently. It is the Greek word anaxios, and it means irreverently, unfit, or undeserving. Unfit or undeserving. We're going to get into that a little bit, a little bit more. Let every, or it says, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. The word examine is dokimatsu, and it means to scrutinize, to test. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. But he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, same word, mm -hmm. eateth and drinks damnation to himself. 
not discerning the master's body. Who is the master's body? We are. Well, yeah, we're... We're the body of Messiah, right. okay? So, we're, we're temple, so... Read this again with that in mind. He that drinks and eats... What I tell you what the word unworthy was? Unfit. Mm -hmm. Eats and drinks damnation to himself. Not scrutinizing the body. Mm-hmm. That's the word discerning, means to scrutinize. We are supposed to, before I get ahead of myself, <clears throat> let me finish this. For this cause, for this cause, eating and drinking unworthily or being unfit when we drink it, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many are dead. Let's call it as it is. Mm -hmm. They're not sleeping. They're dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we should, and, and the Greek word, diakrino, judge, actually means to discriminate. Well, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to discriminate evil. You're supposed to call it as it is. If it's evil, it's evil. For if we would judge, well, let's let me give you the definition real quick. The word to discern. I know we read over it, but I can't remember which. Oh, uh, verse 29, discerning. The word discern means to separate thoroughly. To discriminate. To make a difference in. We are supposed to discriminate evil. We are supposed to make a total separation between what's good and what's evil. Going back to the damnable heresy. A damnable heresy is an evil. It is a total evil. This is why he did not give salvation to just everyone. You cannot be evil and be saved. No, you can't do both. You cannot allow evil and be saved. It is not possible. That is what deliverance is. That's what salvation is. Is the salvation from the evil. It's a work. Now, I'm going to show you. You've yep. got to work at it. I'm going to show you. Salvation is an inheritance. It's something that you have to inherit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you the Hebrew and the Greek on this. Because the Hebrew and Greek, the Hebrew word for inheritance is nakala. N-A-C-H-A-L-A-H. 
and it means an occupancy or to occupy. An estate or heirloom. Let me repeat that. Mm -hmm. Occupancy mm -hmm. or to occupy an estate or heirloom. A patrimony, which means of the father, a patrimony portion or possession. A patrimony portion or possession. Here's where it gets good. Here's the Greek word. Kleronomia, which they're all good, but this, this one gets a little bit more detailed. Kleronomia. K-L-E-R-O. Nomia. N-O-M-I-A. An inheritor through law. Nomia, which means law. An inheritor through law. An heir of patrimony, which again is of the father. An heir of patrimony or patrimonial possession. Now, go to John chapter 5, and while you're going, I'll let you do this on your own, but go into the New Testament and read everywhere that they kept coming to him to worship him. And what was his response always? Worship the Father. Yeah, always. Hey, it was always worship the Father. Yeah, I'm, I'm only the messenger. Right. Go, go to the top. Yep. Okay. Salvation is of the patrimony, which is the Father. Okay. And I'm going to show you this. It is of the Father only. I'll repeat that again. Salvation is of the Father only. The Son came as an heir of salvation to be the example for the rest of the heirs. Like a big brother. But yeah, exactly. That's why Paul said he was the firstborn among many brethren. He is the firstborn. The inheritance belongs to the firstborn. Go back and read in uh, under the the law or Torah. The firstborn was the one that always stood to inherit mm -hmm. the inheritance. Salvation is an inheritance. Okay. John five verse seventeen. 
Yahshua answered them, My father works hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that Yahweh was his father, making himself equal with Yahweh. I want you to stop for just a second. What son is equal to the father? The one that's fully mature. Can a son ever be equal to his father? No. They can strive to be as the father is, but I don't know that they can be equal with him. Okay. That being said, you got to keep this in mind because the, the Pharisees did the exact same thing that every minister today is doing. He never once identified himself as God in the flesh. Not once. Oh, no. Uh -uh. Okay. A son is never of the same equivalent as the father. Ever. That's why you see generation, generation getting dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. Because they cannot meet the same expectation or requirement as the father. It can't be done. I could never be put on equal... Uh, what do you call it? Equal. Uh, I could never be on an, on an equal playing field with Dad. There's no way. Dad knew so much more than I did. Still do. And I don't care if it takes me. I don't care if I live to be 500 years old. There's still no way I could ever be equal to his level of understanding. That's because you haven't gone through the experiences and stuff he has. That's because the son, the father never ever gives a son all yeah, of his always, information. There's always something held back. Right. And there's a reason for that. I'm going to show you this. <clears throat> Verse 19. Then answered Yahushua and said to them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, the son can do nothing. I want you to highlight that. The son can do nothing. Of himself. Notice he did not say a son. But the son can do nothing of himself. He's identifying right here. Look, I am not on the same playing field as the father. We are not equals. But what he sees, the son sees, the father do, for whatsoever things, or things soever he do, or he does, these also do the son likewise. In other words, I'm only doing what I've been taught to do through my dad. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. I, I can only do what he showed me to do. Yeah, I can't do what he does. I can only do what he showed me. You can't go beyond that level. Okay? I can only teach what dad taught. I can't go beyond that level. All right. But watch what he says. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does. Mm -hmm. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. He didn't say he's going to show me everything. Mm -hmm. He'll show you some stuff. He said all things 
that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens, even so the Son quickens whom he will. I want you to highlight that. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens or makes alive, even so the, the Son quickens whom he will. That word will is desire. Only who he desires. Now see, the Father can raise everybody. The Son will only raise who he wills. That is a limitation. Yeah, it is. Okay. Now watch yeah, this. He, see, he says that we're supposed to do more than him. Right. So it depends on what. I'm going to get into that. For the Father judges no man. Okay. But has committed all judgment to the Son. That is an inheritance. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That was part of his inheritance. Was that he would be given judgment. That all should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. That does not say, hey, they want he wants me on the same playing field. He wants me on the same level. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I should have one honor. The Father should have another. Mm -hmm. He that honors not the Son, honors not the Father, which has sent him. Verily I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me. Mm -hmm. He did not say, he that hears my word and believes me. He right. said, him that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. <sighs> Hold on. The word son. This, this is where it gets interesting. The word son is again the word weos. And it means a fully mature adult or perfect. And, and, and once you grasp the understanding, it's, it's like mind blowing. But anyway, all the founding fathers except two were ministers of America, <laughs> except for two. They all understood this principle, which is why it's written in the law that you must be an adult before you receive an inheritance. It makes okay? sense. Legally, both the Hebraic and the Grecians had in their, written in their laws that they had to be at least 18 to 21 before they could receive their father's inheritance. And even sometimes that's not good all right. enough. In the states, each individual state usually has their own laws regarding inheritance. Okay. Watch this. Romans 8. In the Torah and in the, the rules or the laws of the Grecians, you could not possess an inheritance until you met a certain requirement. Under the Hebrews, the requirement was manhood. 
you had to be a man or you had to be the mature should say of the mature intellect before you could receive an inheritance the grecians you had to be a certain age okay all right didn't matter whether you were mature mentally or not you had to be a certain age yeah a lot of people mature very slowly yep. if at all romans 8 verse 13 this is where i'm going to start out for if you live according to the flesh same word after mm -hmm. you shall die I want you to write the word flesh. I'm making it Corinthians. There was a moment. <laughs> Somebody turned my page on me. There we are. Okay, what? Okay, write the word flesh just by itself. And we're going to come back to that. But if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. Mm hmm. There's no quickening in death. Mm -mm. There's no resurrection in death. Okay? So right. living according to the flesh, you shall die. But, what is but? It's a contraction. Change of thought. But, if you through the Spirit... To put to death the deeds of the body. Remember what he said in John 5. Mm -hmm. The son only does what the father has showed him. Okay. So if we do only what the father has showed us. And a lot of people have that confused because a lot of people think they're hearing from the father when they're not. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds or the actions of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of Yahweh, they are the weosses of Yahweh. So here we have a very distinct character of a weos. A weos is someone who is led of the Spirit only. Not of the flesh. Okay? Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. For as many as are led by the Spirit of Yahweh, they are the sons of Yahweh. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Father, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our own spirit. Get ready to write this down. That we are the technons. We are the technons of Yahweh. Now, Paul is getting into inheritance. He's getting into distinction. Okay? And if technons, if technons, it's a big word, if, if technons, then heirs. So the Napios, the Brephos, the Pation are not heirs. 
So that means they're not mature enough. They they couldn't handle it. They could not handle the the responsibility of salvation. They mm -hmm. can't. Okay. No wonder there's only going to be a few left. Yep. Now this, this is this is a hard work. Yep. Now and I don't care what they say; it's a work. It is a work. Now, keeping that in mind, if technons then heirs, what are we the heirs of? We're the heirs of as far as the spirit has led us. He says it right in the next line. If heirs, heirs of Yahweh. Heirs of the Father. Right? Okay. So, what is the word of? From. So we are heirs from Yahweh. It means we've changed vessels. From flesh, we're now spirit. Right. Okay. Joint heirs with Messiah. If, if, there's that word if again. Mm -hmm. If, so be that we suffer with him. That we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. Notice where the word to be compared is not there. Mm -hmm. It's italicized. So let's read it the way it should have been. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy. What's the word? Uh, unworthy. Unfit. Mm -hmm. Is unfit with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We're talking about two different glories. Mm -hmm. Okay. For the earnest expectation of the creature. Here's where I want you, want you to stop. Next to the word flesh. I want you to put Creature. 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 The earnest expectation of the creature, which is our flesh, mm -hmm. waits for the manifestation of the weases of Yahweh. Our bodies are waiting for the spirit man to manifest. Manifest what? Let's watch and see. For the creature was made, was made, was made, was made. Subject. He was made. The flesh creature was made. Mm -hmm. I want you to highlight that or write it down. The flesh creature was made. It was created. Subject to vanity. What is vanity? Oh, that's pride. Bingo. It was made subject to pride. It was made that way. For a reason. Let's see what the reason was. Not willingly... But by reason of him who has subjected in hope. Mm. I'll read it again. 
not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected in hope. For we know that the whole creation, there's the, the whole creation, everything in, in creation, groans and travails in pain together until now, even this present time. And not only them, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, I want you to highlight that word first fruits. Because nowhere in scripture does it ever speak of a second fruit. <clears throat> okay? First fruits. What was the first fruit that ever came into creation? really simple this shall you do this shall you not do what was the order obedience mm -hmm. that was the first fruit was obedience obeying the spirit that's all Adam had to do was stay obedient even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption what is the adoption? The salvation of the body. I'm going to read that again. Not only they, the creatures, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption the redemption or salvation of our body notice he does not say the salvation of the flesh man no it's the body mm -hmm. okay the body is not corrupt Do you know why we are sick? Do you know why people die? Do you know why people get viruses and diseases and whatever? I myself think they lose hope. It's a, it's a little bit more hairy than that, but there is a difference in the Soma and the Sarks. Mm-hmm. It's the sarks that actually get sick. The soma never gets sick. No. The soma is subject to the sarks. If that makes any sense. Well, yeah, it does, kind of. Okay. Your body is subject to your mind. Mm -hmm. Whatever goes on in your mind, your body will follow. That's what I've been noticing. If you choose death, your body will die. If you choose life, your body will live. Same thing with diseases. If if in my mind I am convinced, and we're going to... Uh, thank you, Father. 
We're going to get into that, but that's another message. Convincing is not doubt. You have to have doubt before you are convinced. Mm -hmm. Okay? Convincing someone, well, we'll get into that later. That's a different message. But anyway, watch this. We are saved by hope. Okay? Okay. Keep that in mind. We are saved by hope. Sozo. We are saved, we are sozo by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. I will say it again. Hope that is seen is not hope. Hold your hand there. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Keep that in remembrance. Hope that is seen is not hope. I was just thinking, how can you see hope? Hope that is seen is not hope. It went too far. No wonder it didn't look right. <laughs> a... right. Hope that is seen is not hope. Are people miraculously healed by faith? By hope? Nope. Mm -mm. Watch. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. Faith is the substance of hope. I have had so many ministers argue with me and debate with me over this that they, they just don't get it. Faith is the substance of the unseen. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is an evidence. It is seen. Faith is something that you can see. Faith is something that you can activate, you can walk in, you can do, you can perform, you can see the result of hope. I hope for healing. My faith activates the healing. Me being healed is a is the evidence of my hope. That is my faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Go back to Hebrew, or Romans. Verse 24, we are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. A technon is, is saved by hope. What does that mean? 
it means I can take rest in what I hope for. I am hoping for a day of salvation as a technon. That does not mean I have acquired it yet or obtained it yet. Okay? At least you know what you're heading toward. Right. Sozo has to happen before Soteria. I think I told you the opposite. Sozo has to happen before Soteria. We are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. We're not talking about faith. We're talking about hope. What a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Patience. This is the kicker. What is the one thing that a technon does not have? Patience. The technon is the one age group that Halel absolutely 100%, 1000% abhors. Speaking from experience, he it is the teenagers that get into the drugs, get into the alcohol, get into the rebellion, that want to run away from home. I can't tell you how many cases, I, just since I've been on PD, how many cases I've worked of child runaways. They want it now or they want it? No patience. No patience whatsoever. None. They want to rebel. Okay. Again, your teenagers, your technons, are the ages of 13 to 21 in the natural. They're, they're, kind, they're kind of fighting. Being a child and being an adult, they're, they're, they want to do both, but they, they're pulled in two directions. Okay. And they don't have the patience to sit down and say, okay, wait a minute, I can only do this. I can't I, I do had, this yet. I had somebody ask me the other day why I don't let Rachel... Be a kid. And I'm like, I want Rachel. This is her last year of, of kid stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, I want her to be a kid. But she's getting to the point now where she's going to have to start facing reality. She's becoming an adult. Mm -hmm. As a parent, it is my job to prepare her to be an adult. Which means now she's going to get into the fun age. This is where Halo is coming after her. It's not going to be fun for you. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> More fun for me than it is for him. <laughs> but anyway, these the Technon years are the crucial years because that is where Halo wants. That's, that's the age group. He wants the inheritance. You have to go back and read and understand why he wanted Adam in the beginning. He wanted what he didn't have. Adam was created as a... Technon in the flesh. A lot of people don't understand the story. He was not created a full-blown adult. Even though in all the, the pictures and all the videos and movies, we see him created as a male and female, full-grown adults. They were not. They were teenagers. He had to be the teenagers. Okay. Because does Yahweh change? 
Yahweh never changes. He stays the same. Okay, so who was the heir of the promise? The Technon. So Adam was created as a teenager. Who did Halo go after? Teenagers. The teenagers. Okay. He's still, Why? He's still going after them. Okay. Hold your hand there in Romans. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Yahweh said, Make man's image and likeness. Let them have dominion, dominance. Mm -hmm. Let them have dominance over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Who really has dominance? Halo, brother. Ah, no, no, no. Who really, in the, in the eyes of the flesh, who really runs the household? Oh, the, the man is supposed to. Biblically speaking, but I'm saying from the flesh, who literally runs the house? No women. No. The teenagers. They literally are the ones that run the house. They do dictate a lot. Because don't they? the parents don't stand up and say, this is the inheritance. You are an heir, you don't inherit yet. Okay, watch this. Over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, so Yahweh created man in his own image, and the image of Yahweh created he him. Male and female created he them. And he blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Yahweh said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, Every tree in which is the fruit of the tree of yielding seed, to you it shall be for me. To every beast of the earth, to every fowl of the air, to everything that creeps upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So everything that is in the earth, that is upon the earth, that is under the earth, was given to man. Okay? Mm -hmm. Keep this in mind, because Anthropus is the study of humankind. Okay. Okay. The Greek word anthropos means man. It's the same word from Adam. Adam was a teenager, spiritually speaking. He had the mentality of a teenager. Teenagers, teenagers first thing they want to do is rebel. Okay? Keep that in mind. I'm trying to remember back when I was a teen. Oh, I remember vividly. Oh, <laughs> you probably right because I did not like being told what to do. Exactly. Alright, verse 20. I wanted to do it my way. Yep. Mm -hmm. Romans 8.25 These are, the teenager years are the important years because it is the age group that the, the parents need, and I say need, to teach them how to adult. Okay, it is the age group that they need to heed the father's instructions and teachings. Teenagers or technons are considered your pre-adults. Like you have preteens, you have pre-adults. 
but the 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 people are not adults themselves. They're not mentally. Mentally, they are napiosis. Mm -hmm. Spiritually speaking, they are napiosis. Yeah, they don't know diddly. Okay, salvation does not belong to the born again believer. No. I want you to write that down. Salvation does not belong to the born-again believer. Do you have to be born again to get salvation? That's the first step. But you cannot remain a born-again believer and inherit salvation. It doesn't work that way. Let me take you there and show you. John 3. Hold your hand in Romans 8. Verse 3, John 3, verse 3. Yehoshua answered and said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again. He does not say you are to remain as a born again. He says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Clearly, He's thinking in the, in the Napios yeah. mentality, okay? That is the Napios mentality. Yahshua answered, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water, and... Mm. Not only do you have to be born of the water, which is your born again, but you have to be birthed through the Spirit. See, I've heard for, for thousands, or not thousands, but I've heard for years that when you're born again, you automatically receive the Spirit. You're born of the Spirit. And that, that is not how it works. And means it's an, a, you've got to add something to it. Mm -hmm. You're adding something else. So if you're born of the water, you also be born of the Spirit. Well, you should have been. Okay. Well, not at the same time. No. They don't work the same. No, they gotta, you got to work for it. Okay. Being born of the water... Makes you an apios. Being born of the spirit makes you a technon. You got to go back and read Romans 8 again. The adoption to wit, the adoption of sons. So you have to be born not only of the born again water, but you got to be born birthed again through the spirit. What is the difference between being born of water and born of the Spirit? Being born of the water, you can see the kingdom. But being born of the Spirit, you can enter the kingdom. I'll read that again. Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. We're talking about seeing it. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Verily I say unto you, except me man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and now hears the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it comes, or whither it goes. 
and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Yahshua answered and said, Art thou not a teacher of Israel, and knowest not these things? Yeah. You're a teacher, you're, you're a, a pastor, a minister, and you don't know this? Yeah, how are you going to teach it if you don't know it? Well, what he's basically saying is you have not even, you've not even birthed the water yet. How are you teaching? It shouldn't be teaching. Back to Romans 8. Well, at least if you're born of the, the, the water, you can see the kingdom. You've got something to work toward. Right. But again, it's a work. Right. It's not just going to happen because yeah. you sit there and say, well, you know. We are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For a man see for what for what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? Verse twenty five. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infir infirmities. Mm -hmm. Does he say it takes care of our infirmities? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. Okay. Sozo helps with infirmities. Helps. Soteria cures you of infirmities. I'm going to repeat that. Sozo helps with infirmities. Soteria cures infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, or as we should, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according... Does that say the will of? Mm -mm. No, it says according to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And we know all that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are called the uh -huh. Let's let's get a little bit more specific on this. We know. Get him. We know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are invited mm -hmm. invited not everybody is invited many are invited, but only few are chosen, many are invited not all according to his purpose We were invited to a purpose. I'm gonna it's not our purpose, it's his purpose. Let's get a little bit, little bit more specific. We were invited to a purpose. It's a one, it's one, it's one purpose. It's not a series of different purposes. Ephesians 8 and 9. No. 
Ephesians 4. Verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. I have heard it said from the pulpit, these are all different purposes. We all serve a different purpose. No, we don't. It's all pushing it toward the same, same thing. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for this purpose. What's mm -hmm. the purpose? The perfection of the saints. We all serve the same purpose. Perfection. We are building the saints to perfection. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah, which is all the same purpose. Till we all come in unity, the one purpose of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of Yahweh, to a perfect man, perfect, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. We are working for that purpose. To build the body, the saints, to perfection. That is the purpose. That is the sole purpose of why we were called. Back to Romans 8. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things, all things work together. The saints, or the, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, all work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are invited according to the purpose, the perfection of the saints. What's another word for saint? Elected? Sanctified. Oh, yeah, those, those that know obedience. You can't be sanctified without good. If you have evil, you're tainted. You can't be sanctified. If all you do is good, you're sanctified. John 5. You coming back? Nope. You sure? Yep. Okay. What should every technon do? Do? do. What should every technon do? What should be their purpose? What should be their goal? Well, one is to glorify the Father. And how do you go about glorifying the Father? By... Here's the kicker. Verse 19. 
Then answered Yehoshua and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing on his own. He can't do anything of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for what things soever he does, these also do the Son likewise. In other words, the, the technon should not do anything different than what the Father does. He should not do anything apart from what the Father has instructed him. Right. Same thing with Rachel. Rachel should not misrepresent me out in public. I can't tell you how many times Dad would come to me and say, watch what you're doing out in public because mm -hmm. people see you and it reflects back on me. You remember my dad telling me that. Okay. There's a reason for that. Because that's what technons are supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be reflecting back on their parents. Mm. Okay? Watch this. I'll read verse 19 again. Then answered Yahshua and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for what, the, what things soever he does, these also do the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. In other words, he's saying, I'm not done yet. I'm not a weosh yet. He's going to show me some more things, and it's going to blow your mind. Isn't it amazing that when you're growing up, and you're getting through these stages, that when you... They turn 18, you think you're an adult, mm -hmm. and you know it all. And then when you turn 21, and you become an adult, you're absolutely amazed at how much your parents learned. It's called vanity. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. The, the teenagers have the highest... Regard for themselves. Well, they, they have the highest sense of vanity. Because who was the first one to have vanity? Halo. So it got him cast out of heaven. Yeah, it got him kicked out. Okay. Right. So who does he go to? Who does he influence the most? Mm -hmm. Those yeah. that are just like him. He never made it to Weos. He, he rebelled when he was a technon. And that's where he stayed. That's where he, he stayed. He wants to be the boss. Yep. And just, I mean, I watch Brooklyn and, and Rachel constantly fighting over who's in charge and who's doing this and who's doing that. They're a year apart. Yeah, you would think they would get along. I'm like, you do understand, Rachel's the oldest. Rachel's in charge. Mm -hmm. So that's a, why? Hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. Well, yeah, but they're a year apart, and I'm like, she has a year up on you. She's more mature than you are. She still has charge when I'm not here. Poor Rachel. <laughs> but the point is, that's who he's going after. It's because he wants, he doesn't want her becoming a weos. Mm -hmm. All right? And it reflects back on you. It reflects that's back on me. It's the only way he can attack you yep. right now. A son can do nothing of himself. I want you to highlight that. The son can do nothing of himself. We all should be at that point. We don't do anything 
accept what the Father tells us. How do we know? And I've had this discussion with other people. How do we know that what we're doing is of Yahweh? How do we know what we're doing, what we're teaching, what we're learning is of Yahweh? Because it's all turned back to him. It, we're, we're, take, we're taken out of it. We're just the messenger. We're there to show, hey, you know, this well, is what I was told and this is what I'm telling you. Let me let me explain this, and this is this is this is so simple, so simple. I was in a Torah group, Torah observant, they're messianic. One of the the three rules that they had for the group, the three rules that they had for the group. Okay, I want you to write these down because I'm going to answer all three of them with one simple phrase. The three rules that they had to the group, we were not to discuss the feast days because nobody had a specific date or time of when these feast days were to occur, according to them. The second one was discussing the Trinity. Nobody was allowed to discuss the Trinity because there was so much debate about it. And number three, nobody was allowed to discuss or argue or debate about his name. You can call him whatever you choose. Okay? Those three foundational principles are found throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Trinity is false. The feast days are specific. His name is what leads and guides us. So what were they learning? This is this is it. Watch watch how this works. Go to Exodus three real quick. How do we know that what we are being taught, what we are following as sons and daughters, are of Yahweh? How do we know? I asked this question back when Jane and, and Ruth were still here. To this day, still have not gotten an answer. When he speaks to you, has he ever spoken by name? Has he ever called himself and identified himself by name? Not to me. Do you know how many voices are in the world? Do you know how many spirits are leading and guiding people? Yeah. Hold your hand there at Exodus. Let me show you this. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 11. Yes, 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 2, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2. For I am jealous over you with a righteous jealousy. For I have espoused to you, or I have espoused to you, or espoused you to one husband 
that I may present you a chaste virgin to Messiah. But I fear lest by any, any, I want you to highlight the word any, any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. And it literally is simple. It is so simple. For if he that comes preaches another Yehoshua, which you have, whom you have not preached, or whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might as well bear with him. That's what I figured. There are so many different spirits. And Paul goes through and explains throughout his letters that there are so many spirits in the world. And that's, everybody's following a different doctrine. Yeah. The damnable heresies. Okay. That's what I say, the, the, the crap that goes through my mind, I'm yep. going to go, you know, I said, wait a minute. I said, that, 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 that doesn't turn me in the direction I'm supposed to be going. That's right. turning me over to the side here. And it's not, it's not having me do something that glorifies the Father. It's having me do something that shines a light on me, and right. that's not how it's supposed to be. Nope. So I, 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 I pretty much question everything. Right. Exodus 3, verse 13. Moses said unto Elohim, okay, mind you, he does not know him by name, as of yet. Moses said unto Elohim, all he's hearing is this voice saying, hey, go to Egypt and get my people and bring them out. He doesn't know who he is. Look, or see, when I come to the children of Israel and shall say to them, the Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? Why would they ask, okay, understand the word children. Why would they ask what his name is? You think they would know. They don't know. Or is this rhetorical? I think it's rhetorical. Because they... It, well... Remember, Abraham knew him by name. Mm -hmm. Israel would have known him by name. They should have. So when you got a deliverer coming to you and saying, Hey, I'm here, sent by Elohim, to get you out. Tell us who sent you. Yeah. That's, that would be my first question. By what name are you coming to me? Who said so? Who said? Yep. That's how I'm going to identify him. By what name are you coming to me? Because I'm only a, I'm a son. Mm -hmm. I'm going to know who my father is. Okay? Exactly. What is his name and what shall I say unto them? And he said unto, Mo or he said unto Moses, I am that I am. Is that what he said to tell them to go do? Did he tell Moses, hey, you go tell them I am that I am has sent me? Nope. No, because that doesn't tell them anything. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything. It hoya, does. hoya. It could, it could be a rock. Right, but hoya, hoya is not a name. Mm -mm. What does hoya mean? I exist. That's all it means. He's saying, I exist. I exist. 
so does a rock exist, but that doesn't mean I'm going to follow them down the hill. But watch this. And he said, This shall you say to the children of Israel. I exist has sent me to you. And Elohim said, Moreover unto Moses. Let's let's get let's cut out the middleman. Let's cut out the third party text and let's just read this from what he said. This shall you say to the children of Israel. I exist has sent me to you. This shall you say to the children of Israel. Yahweh Elohim of your fathers. The Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Now that's specific. That is specific. He's saying, I am coming to you in the name of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And no other name will I send before you. And no other name will I come to you. I can't tell you how many preachers have stood behind a pulpit and said, the Lord God spoke to me. Sorry, you're not coming in Yahweh's name. What do we call that? That's a false prophet mm -hmm. according to scripture. All right, watch this. Because he ain't done. John 8. You, you have to keep that passage in mind because, like I said, there's so many ministers out here that have twisted it and used it for the uh, justification of the Trinity doctrine that they have no clue why it was said or written. You got to keep in mind what was going on with Israel at the time. When, when Yahweh sent Moses to Israel, what was going on? Let's see, what were they doing? Well, they were in bondage. Well, they, they were in were, slavery. They were, yeah. But they were in need of a savior. They were in need of a soteria. They needed someone to follow. They needed a soteria. Every flesh creature needs a soteria. We end up with a sozo first, but we get we need a soteria. Okay, now watch this. I'm going to read this from the Hebrew mentality, the Hebrew mindset, because this is this is why you're going to understand why they're saying to him what they're saying. Verse 51. Verily I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews to him, understand again they, the name of Yahweh has always been known, even from the days of Abraham. Hmm. Okay? He did not say anything. He did not mention Abraham whatsoever. Read this text. He did not mention the name of Abraham. Watch what their response to him is. Then said the Jews to him, Now we know you have a devil. Abraham, he was not saying anything about Abraham. He wasn't teaching about Abraham. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, if a man keep me keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than Father Abraham, which is dead? Do you see what they're doing? Mm -hmm. They're trying to find out what name he's coming in. 
Watch. And the prophets are dead. Whom makest you yourself? Yahshua answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. He's saying, Look, I'm not doing this on my own accord. Mm -hmm. Somebody sent me to you. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say he is your Elohim. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Anywhere in that text does he say, hey, I was with Abraham. Nope. He doesn't. <clears throat> How did the prophets see his day? Did he walk with them? No. <clears throat> Through prophecy. Abraham was a prophet. Watch this. He saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews to him, You are not yet 50 years old. You talk about a bunch of people that have no understanding of prophecy. If they had the word all this time to study. They had the prophets. And yet they didn't understand anything about the prophetic spirit. It's the same thing with ministers today. They do not understand the prophetic spirit. Or they could not lump this in as a trinity doctrine. Yeah. Well, that's what they've been taught. Because they're following different spirits. Okay? You are not yet 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? Did he say anything about, hey, I saw Abraham? Nope. What did he say? He saw me. I didn't mm -hmm. see him. Exactly. Prophecy doesn't go in the past. Prophecy looks to the future. Right. Yahshua said to them, Verily I say unto you, Before Abraham was Haya. Mm -hmm. Right. He's saying, Look, this is who I'm coming in the name of. They can't misinterpret that. No. Then took they up stones to cast at him, because why? He's flat out saying, look, I'm coming in the same spirit of Moses. Mm. He sent me to tell you, you guys have gone astray. They don't want to hear that. No, they don't. But Yahshua hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, I've heard of a Gnostic theory that supposedly he went invisible and walked to the middle. Of, that's not what it says. No. That's reading into the text. He went out of the temple going through the middle of them and so passed by. He went right, walked he right through the middle. Right, just walked right through. Yeah. It says right here he hid himself. Well, how would you hide yourself? With a robe. Yeah. Just took a robe and put it over his face. And walked through. Yep. It makes sense to me. There are so many, so many heresies going on that it's, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling as to, well, let's go back to Romans 8. I'll show you this. Verse 5. 
They that are after the flesh do mind. What What is the word mind? I've heard it all my life. You better mind. Oh, yeah. You better obey. They that are after the flesh do obey the things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. What are the things of the flesh? Hold your hand there. Galatians 5. Verse 19. The works of the flesh are manifested. Okay? What is the word manifested? Revealed. Those that are of the flesh obey the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. Mm -hmm. Let's go a little step further. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit. Remember, we're talking about inheritance. Mm -hmm. So these people cannot see salvation. They just don't want to grow up. They don't. They want that's, to that's the key. They do not ever want to grow up. They want to remain a child. If I told you how many commercials are on TV to keep you young looking to, you know, I'm yep. sitting here going, why would you want to stay a child? Yeah. Why would you want to grow up? Case in point, there was just a, an advertisement on last night. What was it for? It, it was a it was a beautifying medicine that they just found supposedly out in an Asian jungle somewhere, but it was a it was kind of like Botox, but you can inject it under your skin, Ew. and it would make you look young, not forever, but it was it was. Uh, it, like every time you injected it, it would, it would keep you, it would take the wrinkles out and make you look 20 years younger for a year or something to that effect. The side effects were death. Oh, isn't that lovely? People are willing to die to stay a child. I mean, I, it just, I was like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That is the carnal flesh in it. it it's, I, it's detailed. And we just read it. They would rather stay a child, a Napios, rather than grow up and get an inheritance. Look it just... me, I'm beautiful. Yeah. Look at me, I'm sitting here Grow up already. Yeah, exactly. You can't stay in... You can't stay a baby forever. You've yep. got to grow up. Yep. Back to Romans 8. Verse 5, they that are after the flesh do obey the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit obey the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded. 
to be carnally minded. The word minded. Phronema. Phronema. And it means inclined, mentally inclined to this purpose. Mentally inclined to this purpose. They are mentally inclined to carnality. Mentally inclined to death. Verse 6. Literally, they, their mind is purpose to die. Mm -hmm. That is their purpose. They want to stay young or look young until they die. No, there's no hope of life ever. There's no hope of resurrection. There's no hope of living eternally. They don't want to. So who wants to look good in a casket? But think about this. This has been the argument, and I've heard it so many times. Well, who wants to have all these frailties and these, these sicknesses and these, these imperfections for eternity? Why do you have them? Because you won't grow up. But here's the kicker. Here's the ultimate view. Who says I have to have pain with my scars? The word says our infirmities will be taken care of, so why am I worried about infirmities? Exactly. What's an infirmity? Let me ask you this. What What is an infirmity? It's pretty much any kind of sickness you have. Would old age, gray hair, wrinkles be considered an infirmity? Not to me. But to the natural mind it is. Oh yeah, dye your hair. Oh yeah. Take your shot. Oh, That's yeah. the carnal mentality. Is they think old age is an infirmity. It's a weakness. Yeah. It's a frailty. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And that's so who the, wants to live forever? That's what the mind tells you. That's, I mean... Oh, you, you see the concept? The idea? Yeah, they don't... They don't... They don't the they don't. They don't. They have no no concept of reality. They are a lost in imagination, which a child is. Mm -hmm. That's all a child is. Is they are led by imagination. Yeah. Keep reading. To be spiritually minded or obeyed, obeying mm -hmm. is life or purpose. That's another way way of putting it. Spiritually purposed is life and peace because the carnal mind. Now, keep in mind what the word carnal is. Mm -hmm. The mind, will, and emotions. Phronema, mentally inclined purpose. The mind, the will, and emotions, their mentally inclined purpose is to war against Yahweh. 
your natural instinct, your natural purpose is to automatically violate anything you always said. Mm -hmm. I don't want to follow the rules. Exactly. I don't want to obey. Mm -hmm. That simple. Yeah. Why are we in... I mean, think about this a minute. Why... Well, here we go. Hebrews 12. I'll end on this one because this is getting pretty deep. <clears throat> Why do we suffer in this flesh? Why do we... Why do we suffer pain? Why do we suffer tribulation? Why do we suffer affliction? I was always told it was a test. And I'm sitting doing Test would be the bad way to put it. And I've always thought, I said, what am I getting tested for? Think, think, think about it from a parental point of view. When do you chastise a child? When they do something wrong. Okay, keep that in mind. When they don't follow a rule. Keep that in mind. Verse 4. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto pations. Mm -hmm. My son, despise not thou the chastening of Yahweh, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom Yahweh loves, he afflicts. Same word. Mm -hmm. And scourges every son whom he receives. What's a scourge? Hmm. It's a, I want to say retribution, but that's not it. The scourge, scourge, in the biblical and Grecian mentality or mindset, was a whip that had bones laced in it. Oh, ouch. So it hurt like a bitch. Yeah, I would imagine. Watch this. He scourges every weos whom he receives he beats them with a whip that is laced with bone every weos whom he receives you can't be a weos unless you are scourged If you endure chastening, what does it mean endure? Get through it. Hold, hold fast. Stand steady. Yahweh deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? If you're not suffering an affliction, you're doing something wrong. You're not on the right path. Mm-hmm. If you I remember something, wait a minute. I remember my dad saying something about oh, beat the devil out of you. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all, at some point or another, all are partakers of, then are you bastards and not sons. I'm going to give a message on this one just because. I think it needs it needs to be 
taught. The word bastard is anothos. It's a spurious or illegitimate child. A spurious or illegitimate child. Does Yahweh have illegitimate children? Think about the word illegitimate. It comes from the word illegal. Well, they're not all adapted. But but think think about it this way. What has the church taught for two thousand years? It wasn't been around that long. Not to obey the law. We don't need the Mosaic law anymore. Christ fulfilled it. We don't have to perform it anymore. Yeah. Illegitimate comes from the word illegal. Mm -hmm. Well, it can't be illegal without a law. Right. Therefore, you cannot have a bastard when there is no law. Does that make sense? Yeah, because there's no law today. But think there. think about this, though, in, in, in the biblical mindset, in the carnal mindset. If there's no law to break, I can be then a child. Home free. I can be a son, mm -hmm. not be a bastard. Nice. It's a nice way to twist it. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, watch this. If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they, for a few days, chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness." Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Can't express that enough. Exercised means trained. Mm -hmm. You are literally trained through chastisement and scourging. We have to be trained by scourging and chastisement. What is the one thing that people love to hear? Well, I shouldn't say love to hear. What is the one thing that people desire the most to hear from their partner? Well, to hear from anybody, really. I really don't know. There's quite a few things. Lies. It's a lot easier to accept than the truth. They love to be lied to. It's easier for me to tell you that you look gorgeous to tell you you look fat in that. Or you look like a fat cow. Yeah. They love to be lied to. I would rather hear I look like a fat cow so I could change it. Exactly. But I wouldn't 
be happy with it, but hey, you know, yep. it is what it is. Yep. I could sit here and I could tell Brooke and Sarah, hey, you don't have to worry about cleaning. I'm going to let you have the day off. Even though I'm, not, I'm lying to them. You know what they're going to do? They'll be jumping for joy. They will trash the house. Because I told them they didn't have to clean it. You may not have to clean today. you got to clean tomorrow. I told them. I, I, I tested this theory out the other day. I was like, I just want to see what they would do. I said, it, the house was fairly decent. It wasn't trashed, but it was fairly decent. And I said, I'm not going to have you guys do anything today. Just relax. It was a Saturday. I said, just relax, chill out, don't do anything. Okay. Thank you. I got a call at, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Rachel called me and said they, every dish in the cabinet was in the sink. Dirty. There were dishes all over the house. Their room, the living room, Rachel's room. There was two out in my room. Every single dish that was in that cabinet was out. Just because I told them that they could have the day off. Guess what happened when I got back? They cleaned. I had a dish drainer full of nothing but nasty, dirty dishes. And I told Brooklyn, I was like, you're going to clean them. I don't care how long it takes you. I don't care if you're up until 3 o'clock in the morning. You're going to clean them. Because I told you not to mess up the house. Well, that's not what you said. I said, yes, it is. I told you if you kept the house clean... You could have the day off. Well, I didn't hear that. Yeah, selective hearing. Exactly. Yes. Because mm -hmm. she thought I gave them the day off. They could do as they pleased. That's not what I said. Yeah, but I mean, common sense would tell you if it gets dirty and there's a dirty one, I'm going to wipe this off and right. put it in the dryer. Right. So you don't have to worry about keep dirtying dishes. Yes, because and have to I'm going to want something to eat off of later. Right. But that's just, that's the mentality yeah, yeah. of the child. They just don't think. They don't think. Yeah, it's true. They don't. They don't think ahead at all. So, that was that was my little study for I mean, the day. You're, you're looking at a person that takes the, the, the paper plates and wipes them off. Right. So I can use them again. Yep. Oh, mom used to do that too. I don't have a problem with that. 